Before listening, ask a doctor if your heart is healthy enough for Dallas Cowboys football. This is Hanging with the Boys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kirk Daniels, and Shannon Gross. No, sir. We do not have a full lineup today. No, we don't. Kurt did not dress for today's show. Yeah, he's inactive. He's inactive. <laughs> Poor Kurt. That cough that he tried to spread. All, let me get this microphone away from me. Kurt's microphone. That cough he had yesterday and that, I don't guess he had a cough. He just had that froggy voice. Got the best of him. Not able to make it today. So you're stuck with me and Nate and I'm sure Douglas will step up and take more than his share of the show today. Yeah. Like it or not. Like it or not. How you doing today, uh, Nate? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing fabulous, man. Uh, by Kurt not being here, me and you have to be kind of statistical type guys today and bring a little bit more to the show than just your uh, Tommy Johns, bro. I didn't even I didn't even bring a computer to to do any stats. I hear you, but I see you got I, big wad of papers man, over there. I tell you what, I printed out the the uh, the outlook for the Cowboys Redskins game. <laughs> yeah, it's an outlook, it, ain't it? It uh. It went got on. the history. Uh, I wound up printing out a little bit too much. I just yeah. hit print and I went over to the printer to grab it. And it's like 112 pages. Yeah, so you know you're gonna get a little notice on your <laughs> notice on your email here in a minute. Uh, please don't use more than five sheets of paper at a time. Killing killing trees, killing yeah. trees. You got a little baby, a uh, baby baby pine tree right there. Baby pine tree. Well, we have a. Uh, I confirmed uh, yesterday afternoon. We have a. Special guest on the show tomorrow. Okay, okay. He's actually put together a couple of good games. One of our training camp guests, Tyrone Crawford. Yeah, man, I hollered at him yesterday morning. Did you? Yeah, at lunch, I'm like, man, hey, bro, I've been bragging on you, I've been, and I've been getting on you. Now you've been playing well. I'm back on you, <laughs> on your good side. Yeah, yeah man. He's gonna, wow. he's gonna come on with us tomorrow. So hopefully we can kick the show off with. Our favorite Canadian, sorry, LP, our favorite Canadian on the team, Tyrone Crawford. So, ran into, uh, got a little got a little stat here. Yeah, okay. And I'll give you a little background to this. Yeah, give us a little stat, a little background. Jeff Heath, mm-hmm. this is from the game on Sunday. This is in our, in our PR notes. Jeff Heath added the role of kicker and kickoff specialist to his resume, handling five kickoffs and hitting two of three point-after attempts for the Cowboys at San Francisco. The last time the Cowboys had a non-kicker punter handle kickoff duties was against Tampa Bay in 2008 when safety Pat Watkins had one kickoff for 61 yards. The last time the Cowboys had a non-kicker slash punter attempt a field goal or a point after attempt was in 1961 tight end Dick Bilski went 10 of 10 on point after attempts and six of nine on field goal tries for Dallas. A little trivia there. Yeah. You went back on it. I did. And I actually ran into, so Jeff Heath uh, dates one of our, uh, former cheerleaders okay which happens to be there you go a um trainer she got her training certificate and is a trainer over at cowboys fit and we just did a little we're actually they're doing it right now they're doing a little video shoot with her for uh for our social media for cowboys fit and for uh, the website and she was telling me that he was a better soccer player in high school than he was a football player and he had a soccer scholarship that he was going to college on, but he really wanted to play football. So his coaches were last second sending out film to all these different colleges trying to get him a football scholarship because he liked it a little bit more than soccer. And uh, last minute he wound up getting a scholarship from uh, Saginaw, and that's how he wound up going the the NFL route. So little trivia you don't get on these other shows, huh, Nate? Boy, you 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 really brought some thunder in. <laughs> you brought some unknown, boy. Way to go! You did some research. You went some did some digging in the archives. Boy, I, I like how you did that one. Just, just don't bring us too many like that. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, Nate, Cowboys offense this week. Yes. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Well, this team here, the, the you know, I did a little research myself and uh. 
They're only giving up 94 yards rushing. And that ranks them ninth. Uh, they're overall at 20. Uh, Is that per game? Yeah. It, it, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. But uh, but they hurt. Jonathan Allen is hurt. Uh, he's beat up, so that puts Terrell McClain in, in a backup role. Well, it brings him into the starting defensive end. Ryan Kerrigan is there, but Josh Norman is not there. So um, Is he out for sure? Uh, they don't know. Uh, listening to the game the other night, they, uh, the announcer said, uh, Coach Gruden said, that the announcer Gruden said that he may possibly be ready for the Dallas game. Uh, they they got some players, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preston Smith, uh, DJ uh, Swearinger. I hope I got the kid's name right. They 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 got a little defense in there, and I can't pronounce the uh, defensive coordinator, but his first name is Greg. I think it's Nunley or Noonley or something. And it's his last name. And he's we'll just go with Greg. Yeah, he's he's putting it together. He's got them. He's got them balling, man. Uh, they give it, but they gave it, and I'm not sure. I think they're giving up 325 yards a game. Yeah. So, but you can't score them. Mm-hmm. You can score on them. If you get in the red zone, they'll give up the biscuit. So, uh, they got Karinga, Ryan Karinga. Kerrigan. Yeah, he's uh, got four sacks. Preston Smith got 4.5 sacks. Our boy Terrell McClain only got one. Uh, Lionitis, Ionitis. Mm-hmm. Daryl Johnson told me that. Ionitis. Matthew, Ionitis. he has 3.5. They've got 18 sacks. Uh, but we've only given up seven sacks. Our, our horses up front on offense only given up seven sacks. So we got like maybe a, a sixth rank, uh, seventh rank offense going against ninth rank defense. Nah, it ain't ninth rank. They, oh, they're running, a little worse than that. Run defense is ninth. Yeah, rank. yeah. But what I concern myself with is points. They, how many points you give up a game? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, at the end, if you got more less points than the other guy, you've lost. You got more points than the other guy you won. You heard it here first. And, and everything <laughs> and everything in between where, oh, they gave up 500 yards rushing. So, Did you win? Yeah. No, you didn't win, so you lost. So we'll work on our run defense while you suffer the loss in the division. This is a division game. And they lost to the Eagles, and they got beat up pretty bad. They got beat up offensively real bad. Yeah, they got, what, four guys yeah, hurt up front? Yeah, so – but defensively, I think they only lost one. You know, he's been out, Jonathan Allen. He's been out. He was he didn't play this last game. I don't know how long he'll be out. I don't know his injury. Uh, Josh Norman had, had been out. I think it was ribs. And uh, he's supposed to be coming back this week. And I'm telling you, if you watch the first game when he played, they're a different team. Really? Uh, because he can lock in on, on your guy. Mm-hmm. He can lock in on one guy. And that frees everybody else uh, else up to 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 get after you, you know. Uh, put an extra safety in the box, uh, uh, you know. Drop an extra safety back onto somebody else to, to take away your number two receiver. It's oh, it's so many things you can do when you got a lockdown corner. And he's uh, got some swagger to him and bring yeah. a little bit of attitude. And he'll try to come up and tackle you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a gambler. He'll he'll come off of you. You if you're watching the game, you'll see him. You watch the end zone cut where he'll break off of his route with, with with his guy and go get your guy. If yeah. he think that ball is going in, it's a high percentage that you've shown that week after week or uh, so many passes, he's gonna take a shot at you. Do they have in the in the film room, I know baseball's a big stats driven uh mm-hmm. sport and it's getting even more of a science to it. I know that football's becoming that way a little bit more, but do they have do they break it down as far as when they're in this formation, they run this play. Yeah. This oh yeah, of time. Uh, what's called way ahead of that's Belichick a master at that. Mm-hmm. In New England, he's a he was way ahead of the curve. That's why he was so good up under Parcells with the, with the uh, Giants when they won them Super Bowls. That's why he's so good with uh, they they would play those percentages. Uh, Coach Wanstat when he was here with the Dallas Cowboys, he, well, we, they would play those percentages. Yeah, Coach man, what if they do something else? We'll rally to it. Yeah. They do something else, we'll rally to it. But but they'd even film you in the first half and check those percentages at halftime. 
in New England. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they illegal. But anyway, they do what they had to do. Uh, they they do they they do that. I mean, if you if you if you had an eye formation, power right, eye right, you know, and you run eighty uh, percent or something. Mm-hmm. They they're gonna prepare for that. So they're gonna prepare for so that. So your corners, when they walk up to the line of scrimmage, they know okay, it's this formation, this guy's going in motion. There's an eighty percent chance he's yes. going this route. So yeah, they're more likely to jump. Yeah, it. they're jumping. If you got, especially if you, especially if you can get a backup guy, and what I mean by that is you can jump a route and you letting the safety know, man, I'm, I may jump this man. I give you, I give you a hint when I'm gonna jump it. You know, you might get my back. You know, so I mean the safety may. You know, get a couple of yards back deeper because mm-hmm. you jump that route and miss, and that dude catch that ball, or he run another route, and that dude catch that ball. That safety got to be ready to keep him in front of you. Yeah, keep him in front of him. You know, so uh, it's a lot of things that the defense can do, man. But most importantly, most defensive coordinators, but all the ones I know, the smart ones, the good ones, they stop the run first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna be trying to drive that ball down they throw. Uh, think it's going to be a run, run first pass second game. It got to be on on, on the road. Side. On the road, I like it when you do it like that. Mm-hmm. On the road, you want to keep. You, you don't need no turnovers on the road. What you need on the road is to create turnovers. So on the road, you know you want to uh, be a little conservative in the start. I don't mean you have to stay that way, you know. But in the start, you want to be a little conservative. You don't want to get behind no more than three points. You know, because seven points on the road can be can be devastating, especially if you got a good defense, uh, a solid defense like they have. Yeah, the Redskins have a solid defense; they got a good coordinator. So you don't want to get too far behind them. Do they gonna cut the wolves loose on you? And uh, you don't want that. Yeah, I know we're we're concentrating today on Dallas's offense, but you mentioned creating turnovers on the road, which they did last week. Three of them. Beat the crap out of San Fran. Did right. you see them doing anything different on defense that caused those turnovers, or were they just in the right place at the right time? They just were sticking right their head on them. They were sticking their head on them. Like if you go back and look at that, uh, the the punt return, uh, they stuck their head on them. Kayvon. Yeah, they stuck his head on them, and Woods was right there because actually Woods was getting blocked, mm-hmm. and then the Kayvon hit it, and the dude blocked him right way and right to re- the ball. Re- released him right where he can get the ball. You know. <laughs> So, but he kept hustling. He kept trying to get to the ball, and that's the only thing that counts, the end result. Uh, if they come back, if, and I'm talking about Josh, if mm-hmm. he comes back, you, you'll you see him. And I don't think Breland got hurt this past game. Too. I knew it was another guy. And I don't know if he finished the game or not. That's the other corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he finished the game or not. But uh, that's where – They've 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 been hurting a little bit at at at, at them cornerback positions. So we'll see, man. They they have six interceptions. Uh, Kendall Fuller got two. Ryan Kerrigan got one. Three other guys got one. So they'll get that ball if you get up in the air. And if you, if you overthrow it or underthrow it or behind a guy a little bit, they got enough ball hawkers over there. They can make plays. Let me read you another stat here. Talking about status uh, up. Status up. Cowboys. Offense, Zeke Elliott, he rushed for 147 yards, the third most in his career, and caught one pass for 72-yard touchdown against the 49ers, giving him a career-best 219 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. He's just the fourth Cowboys player to post at least 200 total yards and three touchdowns in a game, and and the only one to do it more than once. Zeke's done it twice. He did it against San Francisco this year. And did it Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh last, last year. year. Frank Clark did it in Washington in 1962, had a total of 241 yards and three touchdowns. Julius Jones, remember him? Yeah, dude from – was he from Notre Dame? He yeah. was. Notre Dame yeah. running back. Yeah. Yep. 2004, he did it against Seattle, had 209 total yards and three touchdowns. And Michael Irvin did it in 1992. The opponent was Phoenix – and he had a total of 201 yards and three touchdowns. What did what did Zeke do different this past week? Or did he do anything different than he's been doing previously? And what does he need to do against Washington? And, and, they, and, they, and people may say I'm dead wrong, and I live with my dead wrong. He was – it wasn't – his, his mindset 
when when you went back and heard him speak to the media, do we have those cuts, uh, Sir Douglas? We do not. Okay. Well, he went. Our man got married. The guy who would pull those cuts for yes. us. Okay, I understand. Uh, well, the week before, said, the week before the, that game, he yep. said, "You know, I'm a fight." You know, people were saying, "Well, you know, won't you take the suspension?" You know, you know. He's like, "No, I'm not taking the suspension. I've done nothing wrong. I'm a fight." I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm going to fight to the end. And he also said, I'm going to enjoy playing with the fellas however long I have left. Mm-hmm. That let me know right then. I said, now, maybe the way he, where his body language would be different. As you saw that game, progress, his body language, you saw him going to the end zone beating his chest. You saw him, uh, you know, with his, when he was saying, you know, how you do that little spoon, feed, feed me. Feed it me, was yeah. with a little more flavor to it. It's just the way his body language, when he went down, the, when he scored this time, you notice how uh, Beezer came and jumped up on his shoulders. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He, when he went on the sideline, he banging everybody like he used to do. Right. You know, uh, when he ran past that guy, when he ran past those guys on that 72-yard touchdown, uh-huh. did you see his burst? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I would like to think that that, that was because – his heart was in it, and but more importantly, he's in more, he's in better conditioning. Mm-hmm. A great back like him don't always start the game in football condition because he don't get the reps that you get in a preseason that most people will get because he's valuable. So you may see a few games where he don't look as sharp, but he looked very sharp in this past game. That's a great point that you just brought up that I never thought about before. In training camp, you had – Four guys that were competing really for for two spots at yeah. running back. You had Zeke, you had Alfred Morris, you had yeah, three guys competing. Zeke was it's his job. Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, four guys getting reps. <laughs> right, that right, way. right. Yeah, Zeke, Alfred Morris, uh, McFadden, and then you had Rod Smith yeah, coming middle. hard. Right. Yeah. That, that any of those. Last three guys could have been your number two. Did those guys, because the competition was so great, take any of Zeke's reps away from him? Not in practice. No, Zeke going to always get what he need in practice, but he's not going to get it in the game. And the run game, and and I remember something Jason Garrett said that was so, I don't know if the word is profound or so true or so whatever. Coach Hudson Hawk used to believe you can't, the way we practice today, the way the NFL practice today, you cannot get your run game going unless you run it in a game, unless you dedicate a game or two early saying, we need to get running, we need to get going regardless of what happened. Tell me this. And uh, like that's what people? happened. And that's what happened. Yeah. Why is you that? When you say because you can't, you can't get physical. We used to uh, – Did y'all tackle to the ground in camp? or did- If Emmett went in there, they was bringing them down. <laughs> uh, we had – we were open – we would do morning practice, and uh, it would be seven-on-seven seven or whatever, or six-on – whatever. It would be six offensive – six, five offensive linemen, one tight end. Then they would have the defensive front. It would be six-on-seven, mm-hmm. you know, because we wouldn't count the quarterback. We just count the down, five down linemen. And, t- and what they do out there in practice, we used to – it used to be getting it. We used to be – it was it was between the tackles. We weren't calling no sweeps. It was between the tackles. It was get blood. It was getting nasty. We did that every morning. We had two a days, four days out of the week. We had two a days. And so when you say two a days, you talking about yeah. And then in the passion. afternoon, we would have inside run, and Emmett would get more of the inside run. But as soon as Emmett leave out, it you know all it took was one person to shove somebody, and it and it was on and popping again. <laughs> so we had so in two weeks. What they what it take them two games to get ready for? We be we be ready for that in two weeks. Yeah, for you guys that don't know how the schedule is now, they have um, they have a walkthrough in the morning, mm-hmm. which used to be y'all would hit in the mornings. Yes, we were hitting the mornings, and then they do actual practice in the afternoon, which we hit in the afternoon. You would hit in the afternoon. Now <laughs> they just they do what they call thud up, yeah. which is just you run and you just yeah. kind of smack shoulders, right. and then the play they blow the play dead. So y'all were. Popping each other, tackling, hitting yeah. everything two yeah. times a day. And now they have, I think it's every third day of practice, they have to have a day off. And all this is because of the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Y- y'all probably did. How often would y'all have a day off? The, the uh, uh, Jimmy first, well, all the Jimmy years that we was going to do at least 10 straight days or two. Woo! 
And uh, that wasn't right. That that wasn't fair. I mean, not to the players. It made the coaches feel good. But it, we we didn't have the major injuries, the soft tissues and all of this where people stand out. Like uh, a woozy, he would have been ready. Yeah. Because of the mere fact, once you got out of college, you you belong to the Dallas Cowboys. And they try they implement them little rules, but Jim be like, you got two choices. You can be college man and 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 stay college man because the Cowboys, if you come with the Cowboys, you got to come now. And that's the bottom line. You wanna know we gonna, you know, we're gonna do this right here and do this right here. No, no. You we drafted you. We gonna pay you unless the college is paying you more. You better come on over here where we paying. So yeah. no finishing your degree in the spring. Yeah, you could online, <laughs> <laughs> or if you was an elite player. I mean, uh, some guys went went back and got their deals. Some people like, well, I'm taking that shot. You know, Jimmy always tried to intimidate. So, but some guy like, I gotta go do what I gotta do, and he won't hold it against you as long as you came back in shape and won an injured player. But if you came back, can't get in shape, injured, stuff like that, he held it against you. Because his deal was when he after, – after they got Troy signed, then Jimmy signed a 10-year deal. And he came in the day he signed and said, y'all know that I signed today. And uh, let me tell y'all something. I signed a longer contract than any of y'all in here. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I got the right to cut any one of y'all I want. And it's just, everybody like, Wow. And, and he was he was just like that. I mean, when you went between when you went into Valley Ranch and you went through them doors, mm-hmm. you 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 were about the Dallas Cowboys in his business. You know, don't get me wrong. Don't did nobody tease, laugh, joke, and have more fun than us until you went into a meeting, until you went into film study, uh, until you went into the training room, take care of your body. He, you know. If he see you over there messing around and you supposed to have a hamstring and you in there jacking around in the um, training room, he, he going to stop and say, well, man, I thought your hamstring was messed up. I, I expect to see you on the field if you're doing all of this. I mean, he was it, it was for real for him. You hear all these stories about Jimmy and how he was business and would cut a guy, would make an example out of a guy. Yeah. Did he ever joke around and have fun with you guys? Yeah, after, always after a win. Yeah. <laughs> after a win, but – you know, you lose, especially early in our career, early in his career, uh, when he used to then let us eat on the plane. What? Y'all, man, we'll be flying back, and you know, you had a beer in the back and all right there, and Jimmy B, he'll come through that man, you know, just <laughs> popping his lip, you know, uh, just breaking his hair. Uh-huh. He'll go back there to the studio, don't you serve a meal. Really? Yeah, and everybody be like, wow, man, well, I wonder if we're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, the meals will start coming out. He'd be like, he'd be, he'd be mad. And uh, I'm tell you one time, man, the late, great Frank Cornish, I said the late, great because he was my friend. Uh, Frank Cornish, I think I probably told you all this before. And, uh, boy, it, you know, Micah Irvin had told me how Jimmy was, you know, because uh, I was like, Mike, man. You know, what's up with this boy, man? What's up with Jimmy, you know? He said, Nate, if you can play, you ain't got nothing to worry about. If you can't play, you going to be out of here. I said, all right. So I'm like, I ain't worried. I can beat all these. I mean, can't beat the rest of the league, but I can beat these guys here at this team. <laughs> you know, so so uh, we on the flight, man. I don't know what game we had lost. And uh, we always would be looking through the curtains, you know, because they had the curtains closed. So we always be looking through the curtains. We used to be in the back of the plane, you know. So we would be looking through the curtains. We back there cutting up, but we don't lost. And, and see if Jimmy, because Jimmy coming, everybody get quiet, right. straighten up. Well, Jimmy kind of somehow got halfway down the past the media, and I saw him, and I, I mean Eric, so everybody trying to tap everybody, and Frank Cornish had his back. He was in, oh. on his knees. And he had his back turned. He was just, oh, Frank was clowning on somebody. He was talking about somebody bad. And, uh, and he realized when nobody laughing. Because everybody <laughs> went from, you know, cracking up, falling all over themselves to just straight face. And so he finally turned around. And uh, Jimmy say, turn around and sit your down. 
like that. And Frank looked at him. He said, you heard me. And Frank looked at him. And so Jimmy went on to the back. Frank said, I ain't, man, don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown man. I'm going to go handle him. I say, Frank, Frank, leave that man alone. I say, just, <laughs> hey, we all understand. We could have, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying we all understand he could have got me too. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, just leave that man alone. No, no, no. So Jimmy was back there just, you know, looking around, you know, talking to the stewardess. I say, Frank, don't do it. Frank got up. Frank, I'm a man. You know, man, gonna talk to me this way. I'm gonna let him know. I at least gotta let him know. It on. He went back there and told Jimmy, man, I, I don't appreciate what he said. Jimmy stopped. Ah. So you got two choices here. You can go back and sit down, or you can force me to cut you. Frank, like, ah, he said, two choices. Frank came back inside. <laughs> Oh, I, said, I mean, Frank is no longer with us. He's passed. But I, I looked at I said, Frank, what? Man, you threatened to cut me. <laughs> I'm like, well, I told you, leave alone. <laughs> because if you if he had let it pass, the next day he could have went in Jimmy's office and said, hey, Probably coach. Yeah, you know, but Jimmy told us, and Frank wasn't there when we first got there. Frank came the second year. Jimmy told us. He said, when it comes to this team, certain things I'm going to expect, and, 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 and losing ain't one of them. He said, so if, you don't, if it don't hurt you to your core and it don't burn every bone in your body when you lose and you can't sleep at night, you, maybe not need, you, don't, you may not need to be on this team because those are the guys I'm looking for. And he said, if you want to push me in a corner like you're going to handle me or something, you won't be here very long. Because as soon as I find somebody half as good as you, not as good as you, <laughs> but half as good as you, you go. <laughs> so, wow. And, uh, we all sit back there, and, I, and I'm kind of like I'm kind of like that clown, you know, always clowning. And uh, but he kind of hit me. I said to myself, "Wow, you know, he want to win. You know, it's, he wanted to win." And he didn't care what you looked like, what the media said, what nobody else thought. If he saw that you was willing to work and sacrifice and do, and more importantly, if you had the ability and you do it, he was gonna he was gonna ride with you. Mm-hmm. He was gonna ride with you. So, because a lot of people wanted Mark Tourney, me, Kevin Gogan, gone. They said there was nowhere in the world we could win anything with this offensive line. They wanted us gone. Jimmy, Jimmy, like, nah, these dudes can play. Let me go find our offensive coordinator that can put these guys in a position to win, and we'll see from there. We ain't going to just cut them off of what the media think. And what happened? Three Super Bowls later, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you, you don't forget stuff like that because, you know, I, I get in trouble with the media a lot, and I get in trouble with because the new age media – all they care about is analytics, stats, basketball, baseball. That's that's what everybody care about. Mm-hmm. You give me a guy that want to win with the ability of a Troy Aikman, I'll take him over Westbrook any day. Westbrook has proven to me every week, year in and year out, week in and week out, that he's not about winning. Not in a team way. He's about winning if it's all about him. Guys like that can't win. Kamala Anthony, they can't win. They're on the same team. Let's see where they break down and become team players. You know, people, ah, da, 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 you hating. No, nah, I don't have to hate. All I do is go to my say the deposit box and show you what team about. You see what I'm saying? That's why Kevin Durant is where he at, because he want to show you a ring where team everybody getting paid. Not the same, but everybody getting paid. Right. But I got this right here. Not one, not two, but three. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, speaking of getting paid, we need to take a break. You know what? We don't normally do this on Wednesday, but since Kurt's not here because he contributes so much to this show. <laughs> I bet he's watching you. Love you, Kurt. I bet he's watching you. Let's take some calls when we come back. 214-872-2102. 214 We'll take your calls if you want to talk to us. 
Right now, we'll take a break, but we'll be right back with Hanging with the Boys. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to hanging with the boys we are back because our man kurt is not here i'm gonna talk about get at it get at it talk about some underwear put tommy john on your end zone underwear that's guaranteed to never ride up trust me i wear it i really do it's like nothing you've ever worn before. Plus, it's backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. That's not a downer. That is not a downer. And we have a caller on the line. Call us, 214-872-2102. Mark. Las Vegas. What's up, Mark? What's up, guys? How you guys doing down there? Man, we doing great. How you doing? Good, good, good. My question is, guys, just as far as uh, the team goes, you know, every time ever somebody gets interviewed, they talk about accountability, accountability, accountability. Do you think there's actually good accountability as far as leadership is concerned? Like, with the problems, I mean, we, we have a 53-man roster, so – with the players that's on the roster, is there accountability for everybody? Do you think as far as like captains and everything is concerned, like if there's problems in the secondary, you know, if Jeff Heath is our safety, he's our safety. Is everybody accountable for their positions? And like Nate talks about getting wrong angles and tackles, like who else, if, if he's not seeing, or if they're not seeing it in the film room, who else is there as far as the players, not the coaches, just the players that go out there every week that brotherhood that they all talk about, where's that accountability com- coming from, you guys think? Great it's, com- it's coming from within. Uh, you know, Jeff Heath has enough pride to you don't, you, you, you don't have to go to him. He knows when he takes a bad angle. Uh, he's trying to catch up. Uh, Jeff, Heath, Jeff Heath, Heath is a package guy. And uh, you give him 25 plays – maybe 30 plays, he knows his package, uh, plays to his strengths. That's who he is. He's a great special teams guy, does whatever it takes. Uh, but he was the next guy up to see could he – he could have shocked us and been, the, you know, and been that been a better safety. Who's no, who knows? But uh, believe me, uh, now some guys – and I don't know who these guys is because I don't get, get that close to the team uh, – there's some guys that'll speak up, you know, that'll, that'll let you know what you're doing ain't cool. Uh, but 
Like even 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 with this situation with Zeke, there's some guys that spoke to Zeke, but uh, you still an individual. You still do what you do, and you like what you like. And I tell people all the time, you can, you know, uh, I liken it to my kids. I mean, I can see my kids are grown. My my baby's in college, uh, a red shirt junior. King, don't do this, don't do that. Son, son, listen to me. All right, Dad, I love you, Dad. I mean, boy, my son put on a great display of I love you and and and, and I hear you and I understand it totally and, and I'm with you. Two days later, oh, uh, Dad, uh, well, I thought we talked about it. Yeah, but, uh, uh. and see, uh, I don't make excuses for NFL players. Only excuse I got for you is they're human. And if you try to use the money factor, Really? What what money's got to do with it? With what you like to do? Only time money's gonna be a factor if they try to take it away from them. Mm-hmm. As long as the money ain't being taken away, and as long as they playing, they're gonna do what they do. Let me ask you this: When it comes to having those conversations in on the team, say if you're right. you wanted to go to a guy and, and and talk to him about his his business, whether it's on the field, off mm. the field, is it something you just you make a comment, kind of a you know side eye comment. Is it something where you go say, "Hey man, let's go to dinner," or is it something you just? Each person is very different. So it's just like the yeah. real world, the way yeah. you, you handle that. You know, like some like sometimes I okay, man, we hey Kurt ain't in today. Hey, I need you to do this for me. Do this for me. I'm gonna try to do this. You know, now some guys I I be like, okay man, did you did we get the, okay? Is it okay if you do it? You know, you got to plead with them. You got to beg with them. And then some guys you just tell them. I was that guy, like I was telling you about Frank Cornish. I was that guy where you can just about say anything and it wasn't going to phase me. I was going to think about it more than you know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't going to phase me. What you saw on my face, I may laugh at you, but but when it when it all breaks down, if you correct, if you correct, I'll think about it and I'll correct it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it's some, it's some guys, I don't care what you say, or what you do, you ain't going to change them. You know, you're not going to make them think different, do different, and then that's when a coach has to make a decision. Is he valuable enough to keep on his team with what he want to do? That's totally uh, a little bit or totally different than what I, what, how I want things to be done. That's when you're, you know. So, Zeke uh, – you know, I don't make the excuse that he's young. He's a man. That's why I don't make the excuse for money. That's why I don't make the excuse for nothing. You do what you like to do. And the only time you're going to change is your is your basic uh, livelihood or your world is going to come crashing down. And that's about the only way a person going to change. Yeah. Now, that's that's off the field. Is You don't have to say anything for a guy to be accountable on the field, do you? Or do you? Uh, some guys you do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I had a bad habit of jumping off sides. And Troy used to be on me. You know, he used to be on me, you know. Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, because jumping off sides, man, is inexcusable. Yeah. You know, but I get hyped. Uh, the player in front of me, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking about what to do. And, you know, so. But did him getting on you, did that? Make it helped, it better. helped, you know, because I didn't want – You didn't want to let him down, right? Yeah, you got real – you got – when you – see, this is what I tell people. When I when I got guy, when I got guys around me that talk to you and you see they really care, and everything they do shows you they care, you know, and uh, the, the way they work, what they do. And then we got some – I was kind of like Witten. I was kind of older guy by the time we got some of the young guys. And then you saw Eric Williams. The way he cared about the game and the way he wanted to hurt folks, I had never seen that like that even in college. The way he wanted to hurt people, I mean, he wanted to crack your skull. You know, if he could, I'm saying, if he could take you and just beat you on the ground like a club, he would. <laughs> and so when you saw that right there, you didn't want to go in the film and all of a sudden some dude punking you, you know, and that's probably not a very good word. Some dude trying to, you know, dummy you down. Uh, He'll talk about you. You let this dude, oh, my God. You know, and I used to sit next to Eric. Eric, I used to be right here. And as you walk in the door, the door over here, 
And I used to be right here, and Eric used to be right. And if you, he'll look at you like, man, man, I used to look up to you. Look, look at this dude beating you like that. You know? <laughs> For those of you that have never been around football, especially, I've never been around other sports. But when you are in the locker room and you're in those meeting rooms, like it is a safe place amongst other guys, but yeah. it's not safe with your teammates Mates, because nah. they it's not a normal workplace. They don't nah. <laughs> if they got an opinion or they have something they want to say, they say it in front of the whole group. I tell my wife all the time, you know, she'll say this, this, and this. I say, Well, say this. <laughs> she say, uh, no, I work there. I say, so? Just tell them how you feel. She's like, I won't have a job. <laughs> you know, and, and it, you know, a lot of people, and what I found out by working here with the Dallas Cowboys, by working in other areas, by watching my wife and my brothers and my sisters, because they all have these kind of good jobs, if, and I mean this, if 75% of the people in the jobs that the real world work in were held accountable the way they expect athletes to be held accountable, oh. it'll be firings every yes. day. Yes. So that's why, you know, people, I, I, I do get kind of worked up when people say, he need to be held accountable. And the first thing I want to ask a person is, what type of job do you have? And how many people in your job are truly being held accountable? Mm -hmm. And people say, well, this ain't the regular work. Y'all make all this money. Well, I know I, I know plenty of guys that make two, three, and four million dollars. They walk around this place here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know, but I ain't gonna say that because they happen to be the people that's paying me. <laughs> Good call, by the way. Yeah. Speaking of calls, Terry in Florida. What's happening, Terry? Hey, what's going on, fellas? You oh, the man. Doing good, man. All right, all right. About to go off the wall, man. I'm gonna go off the wall. Crazy. <laughs> um. When, play, when players transition from one position to another, you know, is that like a normal thing? And I was thinking, if it is, what do you guys think about maybe Rod Smith being a safety? He's got hands, he's fast, and he plays special teams. I'll hang up. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank now, you. Rod Smith ain't got to do that because they are, they, they are woozy, A, and um, and um, what are Woodson, because I know where you're going, Xavier Wood. See, Rod played linebacker. I was going to say, in he, high school. he'd be a big safety. Yeah, he probably could play safety. But, see, a lot of people don't understand, can you cover? Right. And can you tackle? What? Because if Rod Smith is hard to tackle, can he turn around and tackle himself? Right. <laughs> you know, that's what I tell people. Each, each uh, thing requires a little bit of learning. Now, when he get beat deep, when he get beat short, when somebody run him over like, – it, while he's be, learning how to be this safety, are you gonna be his patient? Be like, man, he'd be he'd be a good running back. <laughs> man, won't we move back to running? See, and, see, and most people that call in play football, but the problem is a lot of people that call in was the best on their team, mm -hmm. so they played everything and they think it's just easy to switch to this position. That like Lyle Collins never played on the right side of the line. He was a left tackle, he was, and he got to approach the left guard. He had to literally learn how to use his right hand as his dominant punching hand. He had to literally learn. So his training camp was ugly. Doing some of the preseason games wasn't real nice, but he's getting better and better. Are you willing to be patient, you know, while guys going through this through this process, that's why I say uh, you'll never hear me uh, knock one of these young players about if they physically get beat or something. If a guy do a move on them or something and, and beat them, you know. But now you'll hear me say, "Why you can't line up right? You can at least line up right, you know, and then go and then fight from that point." By the time you get to the pros, you know, high school, college. They'll try you out at different positions and move you around, but I would imagine when you get to the pros, you're about 90, 99%. This is your spot. This is where you're playing. But there are, you know, exceptions the, to exceptions. the rules. Keith but, Smith moving from linebacker to running back. And when you do want to try a guy at a different position, how does that work out on the field? Do you just, do, do you pull it? Well, you have line? an idea because he played linebacker, he played running back. So you have an idea of what's happening because he went against it. But the techniques are a little bit different. Uh, 
Some guys are just natural athletes. The better the athlete you are, and the smarter you are, uh, uh, the smarter you are above the neck, it's an easier transition. But some guys are, are what they are. Like I, I was just offensive lineman. By the time I got to the NFL, I was just offensive lineman. I was a guard. I was a tackle. Uh, uh, you know, not a very good tackle, but an exceptionally well good guard. You know, wasn't gonna snap no ball. Just it was two and a who switched, yeah. right? Switch what? From defensive line, yeah, defensive line from college. I did the same thing, defensive line to, but I did it earlier in college. I played my senior year uh, at offense. So, if they want to do it at a pro level, how, how do you? They do did it. Uh, the guy from uh, Seattle, he's with somebody else named named Sweeney or Swint, Swenson or whatever. He he came from the NFL. He came from college as a defensive tackle, and, and went to guard. But say all right, say like Keith Smith. He was a fullback. I mean, he was mm. a linebacker, right? And they said, hey, we want to try you out at fullback. Do they just throw you into practice at a fullback, or do they pull you to the side and let you run drills and see? Well, you're going to run drills. You know, you're going to get you're gonna get a chance. But like I say, football is football. And he probably played some type of running, or he probably had some type of blocking, or he played some type of special teams where he had to block. Mm-hmm. The only difference is – you look, I'm looking at you, you looking at me, I'm coming to get you, you coming to get me, it's a shorter distance, and it's a little more impactful. Mm-hmm. So now you're either going to think you're a linebacker and try to run him over as a linebacker to move him, or you're going to try to think you're a running back and think you're able to catch this guy and let him knock you out. You, you know, back in the day, you'd hear stories, I mean, like guys would get moved and they'd become, you know, superstars at their new position. Like Todd Christensen right, right. didn't want to play tight end with the Cowboys. Landry said, you got to play tight end if you're going to be here. He wouldn't do it. He got cut. I don't know if he got cut or traded. But anyway, ends up in Oakland. He's a tight end. These days, when guys switch positions, it's usually just to keep a spot on the team somehow. They're they're usually not switching and becoming yeah. You know, blue chip players. Right. They're just looking for a way. They're just Stand good enough athletes that you want to keep them somehow, some way. Right. Like our quarterback that went from quarterback to safety. Yeah. Mill showers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. John in Houston. What's happening, John? Hey, not, not much. Just uh, out here getting me a walk in today, uh, trying to keep my cardio up. Uh, Where are you walking at now? Uh, here in Houston, uh, well, I'm just walking around the golf course here. Oh, oh uh, you got it nice, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm getting older. Got to gotta stay in shape. Don't want to have a heart attack or anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, couple of things. You, yesterday you mentioned uh, that if the Cowboys went out, that the Eagles are still going to be up on them. But, you know, technically that's not going to be right because they're going to play the Eagles twice. So if they went out, they'll be 13-3. and three. And uh, the Eagles will be thirteen and three, so the Cowboys will win the division by the tiebreaker. Tie well, I'm sure glad you figured that out while you was walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep it, keep going, my brother. Boy, I like that. I like that type of math, <laughs> especially you. You need to come be uh, the host of our show the, because the new guy. Yeah, because this no, I'm yeah. talking about you. Oh. playing that Eagles music yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he done figured out a way that. to stop the eagle music and stop the <laughs> stop them from winning. Way to go, sir! Thanks for calling, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, call us two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Let's take another quick break. Man, this show's gone by fast with just two of us. Maybe we just need to kick Kurt off. Don't do that. Okay. What we'll, the? F- we'll be back. On Hanging with the Boys. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together. Like 
Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to Hanging with the Boys. We're back live from the star. Nate Newton, Shannon Gross, poor old Kurt, feeling down and out. Not here today. That looks lonely. That looks sad with the headset just hanging off his microphone. <laughs> with a little cue card over there. A couple of cue cards. <laughs> Throw him a Tommy John's card over there. Poor thing. Another interesting stat here, Nate. The Cowboys' offense posted three rushing touchdowns and three passing touchdowns against the 49ers on Sunday. It was the first time a Dallas offense posted three-plus rushing scores and three-plus passing scores since they played Seattle in 1980. Wow. The nighttime overall that has happened in team history. It's It's a pretty cool stat. Here's another cool one about Zeke. Zeke needs one, and this is after one season and not even a half yet. Zeke needs one 100-yard game to break a tie with Don Perkins for sole possession of fifth all-time in team history. Data transfer complete. He's currently at 10 100-yard games. That's kind of impressive after a year and one season and six games, 22 games. Yeah, I mean uh... – yeah, man. He, you know, like I tell people, when you break a record, our records is not uh, as Cowboys. It's not what I'm, the word is. You don't have to do much to break records of the Dallas Cowboys because we had so many stars mm-hmm. over the years that elapsed on top of each other that. Coach Landry just kept he, – he was ahead of his time. He kept the ball spread around. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find Dorsett ran more than 24 times a game. You'd be hard-pressed to see Kevin Hill run more than 18, 19 times a game. You'd be hard-pressed to see Drew Drew Pearson or somebody catch for 90 passes in a, in a year. It just didn't happen because they had Billy Joe Dupree. They had uh, Tony Hill. They had just so many golden riches. And all these guys were rolling together. One would lead, they're bringing another one. You know, uh, what's the guy, uh, Butch Johnson? I mean, all the, and these guys play anywhere from seven to 10, 12 years. So over a long period of time, they just kept you guessing uh, who was going to be it, you know. And um, Roger, uh, Don Meredith. I mean, so when, when guys break records, you be like, wow. You know, and the way they pass today, the way they run, the way offenses are – multi-talented uh, with, with just players all over the place. If you can get a guy like Zeke and, and we keep this offensive line intact, he's going to come get a whole lot of records real quick. Mm-hmm. You think the, do you think there's more talent these days in the NFL? Not quarterback-wise, but no. everywhere else it is. So quarterbacks, you think yeah. quarterbacks were uh, yeah. back in the 90s? Yeah, back in no. I'm talking about way, way back. back. 80s. Uh, I'm talking about the 80s. Everybody had a, a quarterback that was capable of winning. Now could you build a team around to help them? Mm-hmm. Now it's the other way around. Right. You know, can you get a quarterback <laughs> at all? Right. I mean, you when you go get Jay Cutler out the booth. And win. And win? Come on, man. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why do you think it, it's so different? Uh well, they didn't mind putting guys on the bench and letting them learn for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would bring them in, bring them along like that. And uh, they really got to know the offense. And then that it'd take them a year to get the speed of the game. And then, you know, but they didn't have to wonder, you know, once it clicked in, they knew the offense. Because you didn't have a lot of 
changing other quarterbacks, I mean, changing other the coordinators, changing other head coach. Things were more stable at the top, so he gave your quarterback a chance to be more stable. What does it do to a young – why is it so hard for a young quarterback to come in and be successful? Why is it better sometimes or seems like most of the time for him to sit for a couple of years? And what does it do to him – Systems. Once he gets in too soon? Systems, man. P you know, systems. I mean, some guys are just drop-back quarterbacks. Well, you can't have him rolling out, sprinting, doing all this. You got to go get a offensive line that can stand in front and give him a chance. You got to have a run game that can give him a chance. All the quarterbacks that are being successful now have one thing in common now, and they had one thing in common back then. They all had a running game. They all had a running game. And then it gets even better when you have a defense. Now he, you know, like uh, Big Ben – when he first came to the Steelers, they had a running game and they had a defense. All he had to do was not mess up. He read just a quarter of the field for over half the season. You know, and then he learned half of the field. Then he learned the whole field. So Yeah, his first Super Bowl, he had like the worst statistics yeah. of any winning quarterback in Super Bowl history. Yeah, but it, the rest of the team was so dominant till he got a chance to grow. Now he's all heels offensively. And, and, and when you give a quarterback a chance, that's why, you know, I look at the coordinator. You know, when you have a guy, man, he, this quarterback, man, we don't know about him. And then, then further on into the deeper into the game, uh, this is the sixth offensive coordinator in four years. What? Well, what? What is he supposed to learn? Mm -hmm. Each guy got. That's why Cutler coach, that's the head coach of the the. The Miami Dolphins, he had his best year when he was with the Bears. So he went back and got him. What do you think was wrong with Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. The offensive coordinator. Yeah. His, 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 his man is sitting somewhere else now. Mm -hmm. You know, and they went and got some dude, Sarkeesian or somebody. He like, man, what, what done happened? Well, just a switch of coordinators. The rhythm. The, the knowing your coach, like McCarthy, he turned, the, he, he turned it over to his backup guy to call plays, and all of a sudden, my man going to a prolonged slump. Uh -huh. Aaron Rodgers is going to a prolonged slump. <laughs> you know, it, hey, it's about clicking, man. It's, you know, like, like Kurt going, have me and you missed the beat? No, we ain't missed the beat because we work together in training camp. It's mm -hmm. not that Kurt ain't good right. at what he does. But me and you work together in training camp. That's what I tell you. I said, if we work together in training camp, we're going to never miss a beat. I can't believe we made it out of training camp. And well, the thing about it is we had players standing between us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we did, hey, we did have Sir Douglas. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't. Thanks uh, to Sir Douglas Paraclo. <laughs> he couldn't talk on the show. Yeah. Said, hey, yeah. hey, Sir Douglas, he, he used to be on you. I used to be like, hey, man, we get back, Sir Douglas going to do this. Sir. Man, Sir Douglas, he, he claim he's back there working. I promise you, call him <laughs> right now. He's not back there working. I'm like, he's working, man. Tell him what you do during the summer, Sir Douglas. During the what? During the summer months when we're in training camp. Oh, my camp. gosh. Yeah, that's my busiest time of year. <laughs> in lightness. Expand on that. Yeah, tell well, us. okay. So, like, Shannon recorded a commercial with me the other day. Right. I record – and produce almost all of those commercials during training camp that we use for the entire season. So all that production work comes in at that time. And, and then there's other, that's on top of everything else that's happening. So yeah, it's, it's a busy time. Hey Nate, you know how long it took us to cut that commercial? Hello. About a minute and a half. But, but let me ask you, so you have to send a lot of these commercials out to other stations around the country that, Carries the Dallas Cowboys yeah. broadcast, right? But here's the other thing. The, the the commercial we cut with Shannon, you know, the expectations weren't that high. <laughs> I knew that I could throw a slap of music bed under it, EQ his voice. All right. He was just impressed that I could actually read. It no, it, it no, I was it was a good it's a good spot. I don't want to sell it short. But but, uh, do, but due to your due to your but it wasn't expertise. The most, it wasn't the most uh uh, do you have it back there, Douglas? I don't have it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get that on. Yeah, let's do it when Kurt's here, so he can fully appreciate. It. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it wasn't the most work intensive spot that I've ever produced. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna have uh, what we gonna call your deal? We we you, we got everybody 
It ain't a Follies type deal. Oh, yeah. Well, it could be. Outtakes. It could be. Outtakes. Uh, follies is a good word. I haven't heard that word since Sports Illustrated used to put out those Follies tapes. And yeah. Now, look, Douglas, you talked. Sir Douglas Follies. You talked us into this. Don't don't oversell this. Like, this better be good. St- it better be yeah. funny. Dude, right. I've got the stuff I've got. Sometimes it's just a question of can we get away with putting it on the air? Oh, on this show, yeah. The other so, shows maybe not. Us, yeah. The yeah, it's it's always it's gonna be good stuff. Okay. All right. We'll get stuff to- you use we can't lose, huh? <laughs> we'll get together and figure out what, what days are best and how we roll that out. So that should be fun. Tomorrow, Tyrone Crawford, our favorite Canadian on the team, will join the show. He's bringing home the bacon, baby, and putting it in a pan. Finally starting to uh Finally starting to get after the quarterback this year. We'll we'll talk to him Ooh. a little football and uh oh wow. We just Wow, man, this dude just knocked a cat, a cat out, man. <laughs> On uh some hockey a guy just superman for real hit a dude. Not not no they was trading like thousand punches in two seconds. Yeah. On he the, hit him twice and laid him out. On Sports Nation on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, they were shoving each other in the pads. That was fist to cheek. Yeah, man. Wow. Man. Nate, thanks for bringing it. We made it through a show. Douglas, thanks for doing what you do. Kent, thanks for... Pulling out a signature sauce and then pouring it on his hands. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's a Cole Beasley drop. Yeah, I know. Wow. Uh, Kent, thanks for doing what you do. Tyrone Crawford tomorrow on the show. Thanks for listening to Hanging with the Boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!